0: My goal is for that to be in your head the rest of the year. <clears throat> um, you know, it's a, it's a funny little song. In fact, uh, I, I have to bring this up. Uh, uh, the folks in the booth hate that. Uh, they told me that this morning. That's stupid. Uh, in fact, one of them has uh, claimed now that she's sick and went home. Uh, so, <clears throat> whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's really a, it's a catchy tune, and it's, it's got a great story. So if I want to change my reflection in the mirror, what do I got to do? Take a step, right? Put one foot in front of the other. Uh, we can blame everybody else. We can, uh, we can do all these things. What you don't see in there is because I, I uh, we did want to shorten down just a little bit, but I actually wanted to short it a little bit more. Uh, but somebody said, no, you need, they need to sing, hear the whole song. Um, and so uh, you hold, heard the whole song. But there's a piece before this. Chris Kringle has been caught by a tree. The winter warlock is, is out to get him. He's out to kill him. Uh, and Chris looks at him and says, Hey, before you kill me, let me just do one thing. He's like, Is this a trick? No, let me just do one thing. All right, what do you want to do? I'm gonna give you a gift. You wanna give me a gift? Why would you want to give me a gift? I'm about to kill you. Well, I just want to give you a gift. So he lets him go and he gives him the train. He says, I always wanted a train. And then you hear these dripping noises. It's kind of funny. And he's like, what's that? He's like, I think my heart is melting. (laughs) When you have something worth giving to somebody else, it changes everything. When you have something worth giving to somebody else, it changes everything. And I want you to know, every single person in this room has something worth giving to somebody else. And I'm not just talking about the the word of Jesus. I'm not just talking about uh, the the gift of salvation. I'm not talking about just that. I'm just talking about you have something to give somebody else. Your experience in life has something in your life that somebody else needs to hear whether, you, whether you're great in finances, somebody else needs to hear that. They, they need to know that there's somebody in this, in this room that's great in finances. You, you, you change careers at 30. That somebody in this room needs to know that you change careers at 30 because they, they're, they're struggling at 40 trying to figure out if I'm supposed to change careers. There is something in your life that somebody in this room needs to hear. You just need to be able to share it. You need to be willing to share it. You need to you need to be able to give somebody a gift that they might change. Because How many of you made New Year's resolutions? It's January 3rd. How many of you broke them? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? So I just want to you know, it's, a, it's a New Year's, new renewals, new, 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 right? So I just want us to just take a different approach at this. I, we never keep New Year's resolutions. I shouldn't say never. I never keep New Year's resolutions, right? Just personally. I, I will say this I am down uh, over 10 pounds this year. So you should clap. <laughs> hey, hey, here's the thing I didn't have anything to do with it. COVID. You lose your taste and your smell, you don't want to eat. But you've got to find the things to celebrate, right? I didn't do anything with it. It's just literally, I can't smell or taste, so I don't like food. It's a good, good weight loss plan. Get COVID. Anyway, um, so I'm just kidding. you got to joke about stuff like this. Um, I just want us to look at a different viewpoint today. You know, what is it that God is giving you? What, what is in your life that you have that you can give somebody else? Uh, that might uh, uh, want them or lead them to the idea, the thought process of, hey, man, I just need to take another step if I want to experience change. If I want to change what I see in the mirror, then I need to take a series of steps because uh, everything in our life is instantaneous, right? Microwaves. You can cook a potato in, what, three, 30 seconds or something like that. I, you know, it's just crazy. Everything is instant. Life is not instant. Change is not Instant. Change takes time. Uh, we look at a guy in the scriptures, his name was Saul, he turns into Paul, uh, and uh, uh, we look at him and, and we look at scripture and we don't realize all that takes place, but we think it's an overnight success. The reality is it's not. Saul to Paul took years. Uh, we're going to read a, a passage this morning uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, just a really short passage uh, that is 20 years in the life of Paul. 20 years into his life uh, uh, of of change uh, where he uh, changed from the, the guy named Saul to the guy named Paul. It's 20 years later he's writing to a church uh, in Corinth. Um, the Corinthian city is a, a trade route city. Uh, if you don't understand what that means, it's, it's like a metropolitan area. Uh, if you wanted to do trade, you went to Corinth. And so uh, the Corinthian people, they were, they were rich, they had a lot of wealth, uh, but there were a lot of poor people in there. And so you had people that you, you wanted to be associated with and people you didn't want to be associated with. And that becomes one of the things that Paul is writing to them about. He's like, hey, stop following people and start following God. One of the other things that, that comes along with wealth is uh, sexual issues. And so they had a, a, a goddess there they, they, they uh, promoted and they worshipped. Her name was Aphrodite. Uh, she had, they had, quote, three temples. Uh, she's the goddess of fertility. And so you can imagine what went on in those temples without me ever saying anything. It, it was a, it's a crazy place. Kind of sounds like America, doesn't it? The haves and the have-nots. Uh, we just do what we want with our body, regardless of what anything, anybody says or anybody does. And, and it's, just, it's just the same kind of environment. So Paul is writing a letter to this group of people, and he's addressing these two main issues of, of um, stop following people and stop being flippant with your body. And he gets down to chapter 11 and verse 1, and he makes this statement. I want you to understand, you've got to have something in order to make this statement. But I, like I said, you guys all have something in your life. Paul says it's very bold and very confident. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. What is he saying? The same thing Chris Kringle said to Warlock Winter. Just take another step. There's nothing grand about change. You just have to take a step to change. Put one foot in front of the other. Paul is saying, hey, as I follow Christ, I've been doing it for 20 years, I want you to follow me. And so if you're down the road a piece, uh, you should be leading people. You, you should be uh, taking people on this journey with you very intentionally. Uh, there's a, a part of this journey where, where you just invite people to journey with us, but there's a time, it should be a time in our life where we're willing to lead people, whether it's uh, in, in the, the name of Jesus or uh, our careers our finances or uh, marriage. You know, how many people around you, you look at and say, you know, they're struggling in their marriage, but we don't have it right, but we got it pretty good. right? I, you don't have to have it right. Just, just have it pretty good, because we we all have issues, right? Anybody here don't have issues? You need to show up on Wednesday night. We got a group for that. (laughs) I just honestly, if you if you if you think you don't have issues, then you got issues. We all, I got issues. Ask my wife. She's sitting right over there. Just ask her. She'll tell you all kinds of issues I got. I'm I'm not far from surgery, and we were joking out in the in the, uh, the foyer just a few minutes ago, and I said she's not gonna have to tell me what to do. She's gonna have to tell me what not to do. See, you know me too right? Because I'm just going to be going, going, going. She's going to have to say, tell me, stop, sit down, because I got issues. And Paul has issues, but he's been down the road long enough that he's got a confidence about him. He knows who Jesus is. He knows what God has called him to do. And he says, he looks at the Corinthian people, and he just simply says this, hey, come follow me. Follow my example. Why? Because I'm following the example of Jesus. And Jesus is following the example of his father. If we just simply do that, life will change. It's not quick. It's not fast-paced. In fact, you may get down the road 20 years and realize, hey, there's been a drastic change in my life. Maybe I ought to help get other people to follow me now. So I think that's what Paul did. This is probably some of the best advice you can go with into the new year. I'm not saying don't make resolutions. I'm not saying don't make goals. But be realistic about it. Just simply take the next step on that journey, whatever it is. Whatever you're wanting to do this year, wherever you're wanting to go, just simply take the next step. That's what Paul started in Acts chapter 9. We go back 20 years prior to this. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, six we see the story of how uh, Paul came, or he originally was Saul, but how he uh, came to know Jesus. You see, uh, prior to this, Saul uh, had been part of a, a group of Jews called the Pharisees, and uh, Stephen had been preaching a, a message about Jesus, and uh, Saul and the rest of the Jews didn't like it, and so what did they do? Uh, Saul grabbed all their coats and said, hey, go stone that guy. And so they did. Saul stoned Stephen. Whether he held the coach or whether he threw the rock, doesn't matter. In fact, Pastor Steve, uh, at New Year's Eve, uh, preached a sermon about uh, dropping our stones and picking up the light. And this is exactly what Paul does in his passage. Literally, on this passage, in uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, it says this. Saul, while still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples... He went to the high priest, he, he initiated this and asked for them uh, to give him letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, to, who were Christians, who were followers of Jesus, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners in Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I find this interesting. I, I, I'm a sarcastic guy, but I find this interesting. If, if a light shone above me and this loud voice came upon me, I'd be laying on the ground in a fetal position crying. Anybody with me? I mean, you know, it just, it's just one of those things. I, I, I look at this and I go, how could he even speak? Yeah, he does. He cries out, uh, who are you, Lord? The first thing he does is acknowledge the fact that the guy that's talking to him from the light is greater than he is. That's the word Lord. Masters, Uh, uh, I am subservient to you is what he's saying. He says, who are you? And it's interesting. Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. In other words, stop it, you jerk. Right? I mean, that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, I'm the one you're persecuting. Knock it off. And then he says, now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do next. Any idea what what Saul did? Same thing all of us would have done. Got up and went into the city. Because if a light from heaven and a voice from heaven comes down and tells you to knock it off, what are you going to do? Knock it off, right? That's what you hope you're going to do. So uh, my wife came up in the, it's not in my notes, but my wife came up in the first uh, sermon, so i got to, again, repeat it here. So uh, sometimes when God calls you to follow him, what do you do? Ignore him. Now, I don't know whether Saul had, had heard Jesus before this point. I'm going to guess that he had because I know my experience. So I grew up in church. I left church. It's a long story. I don't want to get into that. Uh, we got married. My wife said, let's go to church. I said, shut up. We're going fishing. I didn't go to church for the next seven years. Uh, we had kids. The kids started uh, telling us to, uh, they'd go home. My mom's a long story, but they, they started doing stuff. And so And I could hear God saying, hey, you know, I really am real. You can ignore me if you want, but I really am real. I kept, shut up. I don't want to deal with you. And these are words that went through my head. I never said them out loud, but these are words that went through my head. And so I know that God had had said on numerous occasions, hey, you need to follow me. Hey, you need to follow me. Hey, you need to follow me. And I just said, shut up. I'm going fishing. Well, then one day in the middle of the winter, we had an ice storm in Little Rock where I was stationed. And uh, we went out that morning. My son, uh, daughter, Ashley, she's here too. She was little that day, so she wasn't out uh, 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 ice skating with us, we were just sliding on the ice. We had skates, but we were sliding on the ice and having a good time, but falling and playing and goofing around. And I looked at my wife and I said, "Hey, look, we got to knock this off. I got to go to work tomorrow, so we got to get this off the driveway." So I go out and start cleaning the driveway, and her and Brian go back to the back of the house, and we had a boxer and all kinds of things. I'm chipping the ice off the driveway, and all of a sudden I hear this voice, "Hey, Chris, I broke my leg. Just like that." And I thought, "You didn't break your leg, if you broke your leg. You'd be screaming because that's what I'd be doing." So I went back there and I checked her over and I did all that stuff, you know, and sure enough, she broke her leg. Now I want you to understand the moment that I rolled her over and her leg went the wrong way, her foot went the wrong way all the way to the ground, this is what I heard. What else am I going to have to do to get your attention? You know what I said? Absolutely nothing. You got it. Now, I'm not here to tell you that's what God's going to do in your life. I'm here to tell you that's what he will do in your life if you refu- continue to refuse to, you know, that's, that's a possibility. I, I think with Saul, Saul had probably heard Jesus talking to him long before this, hey, come follow me, hey, come follow me, hey, come follow me. Saul kept saying, I'm gonna, I am following you. I'm, I'm killing these Christians. I'm doing what you called me to do. I'm doing all these things for you. What do you mean? And, and all of a sudden, he got knocked to the ground. And things became different. Now, why do I share that? Because as a husband, as a father, I don't want any of us to ever go through what I went through in order for me to follow Jesus. I don't want you to experience that. Now, maybe you're as dumb and and stubborn as I am, and maybe you'll have to. I I just don't want you to. I want you to understand when Jesus asks you to follow him, he just simply wants you to take another step. It's not that hard. It's just simply taking other stuff, and and that is what uh, Paul has experienced. I I also want you to understand, how many of you have ever began a journey and thought, this is not going to work out the way I thought it would? Not not the hold my beer journeys, but the real journeys. You know, I'm going to go down this journey of uh, changing my financial situation. all, All you women looking at me like I'm crazy. You know what I'm talking about. I'm going to change. I'm going to change our outcome by, by changing our financial journey. In fact, uh, I've I've had conversations with people that started. Uh, Dave Ramsey is just a example of of changing your life. You know, live today like nobody, so you can live tomorrow like nobody, right? And so I've had people that gone down that journey and and they they begin to start this. And how many of you know that every time you start a journey, something bad is going to happen. You know, you're going to start getting out of financial debt, and then what's going to break? You name it car, refrigerator, washer, dryer, something's going to happen. What are you gonna, what's your first instinct? Go back to what you've always done, right? But if you go back to what you've always done, you're going to get what you always got, right? I actually have talked to some people that when, when they start down these journeys of uh, financial uh, security, uh, that they have people in their life actually say when something bad goes happen, see, I told you it wouldn't work. See, I told you it wouldn't work. You know, you know what I want you to tell them? Get out of my life. Now, you can't say that to your parents, but sometimes they're the voice of that doubt. And anytime you choose to follow somebody, there's always going to be a bit of a doubt, right? It, even following Jesus, there's going to be some doubt. Jesus, you want me to do what? Now, now, just watch. Following the account of Saul coming to know Jesus, there's a story of doubt. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 17. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. He's not a leader. He's not a rabbi. He's a nobody. He's an ordinary person. This is the only account we have in Ananias. He, just like you, just like me, he is just a person. That's all he is. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying and in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. By now, Saul had been blinded. Uh, Ananias needed to go there to give him his sight. Now, what do you think Ananias is going to say? No, I'm not going. Why am I not going? Well, listen, I have heard many reports about this man, Jesus and all the harm he has done to your your holy people in Jerusalem. Now now listen to this. Jesus is telling him to go. Ananias is saying no, and now he's going to reason out why he's saying no. You ever been there? It's all throughout Scripture. This isn't just Ananias. This is all throughout Scripture. God tells us to do something. We say no, and we're going to reason it out on why we're not going to do it, and this is exactly what he's doing. I got doubts, Jesus. Don't you know who this guy is? And he has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. <laughs> In case you don't know who he is, Jesus, let me tell you who he is. I got doubts about your instructions. Anybody been there, right? How many of you set up New Jersey's resolutions, and when you set up those resolutions, you immediately doubt you could achieve that goal? We all do. We, we all do. You know why we have those doubts? It's because we look at it as this great big achievement instead of looking at it as just simply take another step. You want to change who you see in the mirror? Then just take a different step. Stop doing the things you've always done because if you keep doing those things, you're just going to keep getting the same results. And what we need to do is, and I'm not picking on Ananias. I'd have done the same thing. I'd be like, uh, I'm not going there. I got doubts. But at the end of the day, If you trust the person leading you, what are you going to do? You're going to take that step. Now listen to Jesus. The way I was raised, the next phrase would have been, and Ananias died, and I picked Joe. (laughs) Because if you ever told God no, he killed you. That was just how I was raised. But all throughout scripture, you can tell God no, and God will, will be very graceful with you because he understands we have doubts. right? And so he looks at Ananias and he says, Go. Very simple command, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And Ananias went. You see, Ananias, somewhere in the past, had decided he's going to follow Jesus. Just because we decide to follow Jesus doesn't mean we're not going to have doubts. When we have doubts, we need to be honest with God about those doubts and talk to him about those doubts. But at the end of the day, when he tells us to go, what are we supposed to do? Go and trust him. How many times have you gone and trusted whatever it is that you've been in, in, told to do and it turned out to be exactly what it was supposed to be? Yeah. yeah, it really does work out. We just have to be able to follow the person and trust the person that we're following. Uh, when we follow somebody else, we need to focus, and the more that we follow, this is what will happen. We need to focus on where we are and not where you're not. If you look at who Saul was prior to this this journey, prior to this account in his life, all of Saul's life was focused on where you weren't as a Jew. You're not obeying the law. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Your, Your sacrifice isn't good. Your, 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 your. That's his entire life. That's what he was raised to do. That's his normal. That's what he's doing. And he thinks he's doing the will of God. When Jesus comes on the scene, Jesus looks at people and says, hey, you know what? Before you start judging everybody else, before you start looking at where everybody else is is not, maybe you ought to look in the mirror and get that big plank out of your eye and realize where you are because you're not in the right position either. You see, when we, when we come along this, this journey, uh, one of the things we, we, we do is we realize we're not where we're supposed to be, and we start focusing on where we are, and we take the steps that are right in front of us, and before we know it, we're down the road where God wants us to be. But we're never going to arrive this side of heaven. When you think you've arrived, you're in trouble. When Paul makes this statement, he doesn't say, just, just simply follow me. What's the end of that statement? as I follow Jesus. So we're never going to arrive this side of heaven. We're always in in the flux. We're always in change. And the more that I focus on me and where I am, uh, the more that I can be where God wants me to be. In fact, there's 10 years missing in Paul's life. He, he goes to Jerusalem after this uh, for just a short time. He's, he's ousted in, in the Jewish circles. Uh, the church is scared of him. Barnabas comes up and, and, and vouches for him, but then Barnabas sends uh, Paul back to his home at Tarsus. And we don't hear anything about him for the next 10 years. And we think his change is instantaneous. And I want you to know it's not. I don't know what happened in those 10 years, but I know from my own experience when I just simply just walk and, and do what God's calling me to do and take another step and take another step and take another step, I somewhere get down the road and look back and go, how did I get here? Anybody with me? I, I don't know how I got here. Well, you got here by just taking a series of small steps going where God wants you to go. That's how change happens. A series of small steps in the direction that God wants you to go. And, and, and it requires you to turn and understand that I'm not where I always... here's. How many of you made some kind of resolution on losing weight this year? Anybody? Besides me, I want to lose another 10 pounds. I want to get COVID again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Hey, it worked first time. Um, How many of you have ever got down and and maybe you had a partner with you and you guys were doing the same thing. You ate the same thing. You exercised the the same amount of time. Uh, you, you, You just did everything together and that person lost weight and you did. Anybody with me? All the time, right? Let me me ask you a question. How do you know what they did? Because you're focused on them. You know what, when you focus on them, what happens in your own life? This little thing called stress. Do you know what stress does in weight loss? Prevents it. It prevents it. When you're so focused on there, where they're not, they're not where I am, they're not where I am, they're not where I am, what are you doing to your own life? Producing stress. Stress blocks weight loss. It's not just in weight loss. It's in every aspect of your life. How many of you ever looked at somebody else and and said, how'd they get in that financial position? What does it matter how they got there? If you want to get there where they are, why don't you just go alongside them and say, hey, can you help me get where you're at? Don't focus on them, focus on yourself. They're there as an example, there is is somebody to follow, but don't focus on them, focus on where you're at and what you need to change, one step at a time. Here's the thing. When you choose to follow somebody and you know the person you're following has a great story, has a, a great place, is something that's worth of giving your life to, one of the first things you want to do is invite other people to join you. Every time, I want to say every time, the majority of the time when Jesus asked the disciple, one of the disciples to follow him, what did they do? Went and found somebody else to, to, to invite. Watch what happens. John chapter 1, verse 40 through 45, Andrew, uh, Simon Peter's brother is one of the two uh, who had heard John, had said, uh, he is the one you need to follow. The first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. That is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at it. This cracks me up. Jesus looked at Cephas and said, "You are Simon, son of John. You will now be called Simon. You will now be called Cephas, which is Peter." The first thing Jesus did when when Simon showed up was tell him, "You got the wrong name." (laughs) Well, how do you do? I thought this is again not my notion. Something that came to my mind years ago. Uh, my daughter knows where I'm going. Years ago, we adopted a pug. The stupidest thing. I, if you like pugs, great. Stupidest thing. The uh, couple we got him from um, had had a baby and he didn't like the baby, so they were trying to get rid of him. I, I have a heart for, for dogs specifically. I don't want him to go to the pound because some of them get killed. And I said, we'll take him in. So they gave us this dog, gave us a crate, told us all the things. His name was, quote, Nike. He loved the crate. Just, I mean, everything they said was a lie. Like, it's a lie. We had this dog three days. He never once responded to us. Uh, I, I don't have a crate guy, so I never put his crate up. One On the third day, he's in there jumping up and down on the crate. It's flat. And, and I'm like, what in the world? I was like, well, maybe he likes it. I'll open it up. I opened it up. No. He hated that thing. He wouldn't go in it. He would bark at it. So I put it back down. He just got back on the top of it and jumped on it. I'm like, i throw that out in the trash. It was, just, it was just weird. Like nothing they told us about this dog was accurate to include his name. We're watching. He's in the front room, marking his territory, one of the things. We're in the back room watching Men in Black. Anybody seen Men in Black? What's in Men in Black? A pug. Anybody remember the name of the pug? Frank. He's in the front room. We're in the back room. That comes on, and I kid you not, my daughter's sitting right there laughing. I go, hey, Frank. He jumps off of the, the... the fireplace we have hardwood floors you hear him spinning out on the hardwood floors he comes across the front room around the corner through the the back room and jumps into my lap his name was frank (laughs) we had him for another two years that's the only name he went by frank he never went by nike everything they told us was false including his name. And, and here is, is Andrew. He goes gets his brother, Simon, and says, hey, I want you to meet Jesus. And the first thing Jesus says, that's not your name. <laughs> now, here's an interesting story. You know the name you got right now is not your name. The moment you decided to follow Jesus, Jesus gave you a new name. And you may not know what it is until you get to heaven, but he gave you a new name. And I want you to understand, that name that he gave you matches what he wants from you. That's an interesting story. It's a humbling story, but you got a different name. It all has to do with this following idea. Well, Jesus, uh, all throughout this time, people that, when you're on the journey with Jesus, you want just people to come alongside. You're not trying to lead them. You just want them to come with you to be on this journey, just, just to be a part of this, just, just to have fun, and just to enjoy, and just to do things. But as you get down the road, and 10 years later, uh, Barnabas uh, is sent to Antioch. The guy that vouched for for Saul in Jerusalem, uh, the guy that vouches for Paul, uh, is sent to Antioch. There's this big movement of God in in Antioch. and He gets there, and the first thing he realizes is, hey, I can't do this by myself. Some of the steps you take are going to be for yourself to heal and to grow and to nurture, and that's what I think Paul was doing those 10 years. Barnabas gets to Antioch, and the first thing he says is, I can't do this by myself. I need to go find Paul. He goes and finds Paul, and they go back to Antioch, and things are different. And here's what I want to leave you with. Following leads to change, and change leads to leading. The further you get down this road, you're going to look and go, you know what, I don't understand how I got here. But I know I got here for a reason and a purpose, whether it's finances, whether it's weight loss, whether it's uh, career change. It doesn't matter where it is, especially when it comes to following Jesus you need to get down the road somewhere and realize I wasn't called just for me. Because if that's what you think, if you're not helping other people along the way, if you're not leading other people with you, then you're just being selfish. And Jesus talks about that when he talks about the talents. He says, there, there's a, there's a, a, a landowner, he, or this rich guy, he gives three guys different amounts of talents. He gives one one talent, one five talents, one ten talents. And he tells each of them, I'm going to go away. When I come back, I want to I I account for what you've done. The guy that did, had the ten doubled it. The the guy that had the five, doubled it. The guy that had the one, buried it. The first two were promoted. The last one just barely made it in. He took what he gave him and and gave it to to the others. What God has given you is not just for you. It's to lead other people along the journey with you. Invite them in the process, but somewhere down the road, God is going to ask you to lead people in whatever it is that he's called you to be a part of. And he's going to want you to lead them wherever they need to go. So as you begin the journey this year, you're new, whatever it is. It's not that difficult. Just put one foot in front of the other. And before long, who you see in the mirror will be completely different than who you see today. Father, we love you and praise you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you uh, that you've called us to not stay the same. Every part of our life is in flux. Every part of our life is in change. God, we pray that the change might be intentional, that we might be following you as you've called us to follow you, uh, and that at some point in our life we might look at others and say, hey, just follow me as I follow Christ. Why? Because you have made that such an impact in our own lives that we can't contain it when others be a part of it. So Father, we pray this morning that wherever we're at on this journey, whatever step that we're taking, whatever step that we need to take, that we would be obedient to you and just simply take that next step in our walk with you. In Christ's name, amen.